Okay, we are starting Joshua. So we finished the five books of Moses, and they are camped out uh, at the Jordan River, about to go into the Promised Land. Um, I was about to say Moses is dead, but I think that he's going to go into that. So let me start to read. And a nice thing as a as a reader, if you're you know if you're new to going through the scriptures or or not, <laughs> uh, at points the the first five books of Moses can be difficult to get through, and uh, at points there's a lot of good stories interspersed, um, but certainly in those books two through four there are parts that are dry, um, and now we we enter a part of the Bible that's a lot of stories, so it's a lot more. Uh, kind of interesting reading. Um, and of course, you know, I mean, you can learn from both, both ways as hopefully, uh, hopefully I've talked about, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it's certainly easier reading from here. So this book starts again saying that uh, Moses has died and God is speaking to Joshua and he's saying that arise and, and uh, cross the Jordan, take the people there. I've given you all this land, just as I've told Moses and just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not forsake you or fail you. Be strong and courageous. You shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers. But be strong and courageous. Be careful according to the law which Moses gave you. So live according to my ways. And if you do, you'll have success. And meditate on my word day and night. Just be one who who lives the scriptures. Not just one who agrees they're good, but one who is continually connecting with me and living, uh, living, uh, you know, spiritual life. They didn't have the Holy Spirit as is available to us today. Uh, although certainly Joshua had a unique, uh, a unique way with the Lord, but, um, but but still, God said that you can choose to live with me, to take in my scripture day and night, and you will have success if you live your life this way. And then I will be with you. And of course, this same applies to us today. That if we live our lives with God, we enter a, an amazing promised land. It's a process. We have to cross through. We have to cross out of slavery. We have to cross out of the promise, out of the out of the wilderness, out of the, the, the difficulties and trials to leave the, the orphan spirit, to leave the old life behind and come into being a, a true son of God. It's a process. But as we do live with him day and night, all day, every day, we, we enter this amazing promised land. And so that's a picture of this here. In our lives, it's not meant to be just after we die, it's meant to be entered into now that we experience a, a heavenly kingdom life in the present with God, where God is a part of all that we do, that we carry him, that we are about his work, that we are transformed by him. All this is available to us if we live for, with, and through him. So Joshua tells the people, prepare, uh, within three days we're going to cross this Jordan. And then he reminds the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh that uh, you can leave your women, children, and, and cattle here, but you're coming with us, just as you promised. And the people said, all that you've commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. And that's kind of a 
catch-22 phrase. <laughs> Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. So the people are saying, we pray that God is with you and we will follow you. And anyone who rebels against your command and does not obey your words and all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. So they're all of one mind here as they prepare to enter the promised land. And then we go down to chapter 2. So just as Joshua was one of the 12 spies sent out by Moses uh, to check out the promised land 40 years, was it, I think 39 years earlier, um, he sends out, maybe he sends out only two spies because only two of them came back with good reports, I don't know. But he sends out two spies to go check out uh, the land, especially Jericho, because that's kind of where their sights are focused. And they, the two spies go into the land and they went straight to a harlot's house. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they they stayed with the harlot, <laughs> and it was told to the king of Jericho that the sons of Israel are there, and so they go to search the land. And the king of Jericho knows right where they are, so he goes to Rahab, who's the harlot, and said, bring out the men. They've come to search out the land. You know, they're against us. We've got to get these men. And she lies to them and says, uh, yes, they did come here, but they left. They didn't know what they were about. So they left. They went that way. If you hurry, you'll catch them. So they go out after them and they uh, close the gates of the city. And so uh, uh, the men are safely hidden among her flax seeds on her roof. And she tells them something pretty important. It's similar to what Gideon is told later. Um, uh, getting a the view on the people they're about to attack, which have a superior uh, fortified situation, just as Gideon attacked a much larger army, the spies find out that the people are terrified of the Israelites. And that's got to be, uh, that's going to make the job of attacking them, which, you know, they don't have a lot of experience doing, much easier. And so she says, uh, you, you know, I know that the Lord has given you our land. We're all terrified of you. Um, we've heard how the Lord dried up the Red Sea when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, uh, Sihon and Og, who you destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man because of you for the Lord, your God. He is God in heaven above and on earth. So she is worshiping the Lord God, which is not the God of these people. And so she says, look, I'm helping you, so please remember me and don't, you know, I've, I've helped you not be killed and hidden you. So please, when you conquer this city, uh, remember me and, and don't hurt me or my family. And they make a pledge to her that we will, we will keep you safe. And they tell her how to do that with, you know, hanging a, a thing from... Uh, a scarlet thread in the window. So they say, if you if you leave this scarlet thread out, then our people will tell all the people and they won't attack your house and you'll all be safe in here. But um, if you don't leave that out, we, we, we can't be bound by this promise because how would we know? And she says, oh, you know, okay, stay here for three days. And as soon as the pursuers come back, you'll be safe to leave. A side note that Rahab may be... Um, maybe a, an ancestor of Jesus. Uh, I think uh, Matthew in uh, the first chapter gives the lineage of Jesus, and it says uh, Rahab marrying a, a Salmon 
the tribe of Judah, who's the mother of Boaz, who, you know, we know through Ruth that that becomes the, the line. So if that's the same person, then, then uh, she, you know, she ends up having quite a lineage. So the spies uh, hang out there for three days, as she said, and then they go to back out to the people, uh, Joshua on the other side of the Jordan. And Joshua is greatly encouraged and says, ah, the God, you know, has given the land into our hands and the inhabitants are melting away before us. And then we go on to chapter three. So in chapter three, Joshua tells the people, uh, get ready. We're about to cross over into the promised land. And when the Ark of the Covenant is carried by the Levitical priest in front of you, then you shall come after it. But you shall keep a distance of 2,000 cubits. Let me switch over to a version that puts that in something we're familiar with. And half a mile behind them. That's a pretty good distance. Um, so even in even in crossing the river, even in attacking the the people, they're they're keeping to a holy procession. They're they're marching in a way that they know they are a people of God, not just as a, a you know an, an army coming to go marauding. They're you know they're they're keeping themselves pure. And he says, consecrate yourself before uh, uh, for tomorrow the lord will do wonders among you that's a great verse um and this version of now put myself on purify yourselves for tomorrow the lord will do great wonders among you so the, be be holy and and then you're available to watch what the lord god is going to do then God tells Joshua, look, today I'm going to exalt you in front of the people so that the people will see that I'm with you just as I was with Moses. And then he does for Joshua the, this amazing miracle that he did for Moses. I mean, I, probably if you were there at both times, uh, parting the Red Sea is probably looked more miraculous than, than parting a river. But either way, it's the same exact miracle and it's every bit as miraculous. He stopped the river from flowing and it built up on their side so that the people could walk across on dry land. And he's telling them in this chapter, this is what's going to happen. And so clearly this is encouraging the people that God is with them so that they can take whatever he said they're going to take because look what he's doing but also showing them that that uh, joshua is uh that god is with joshua as their leader because he's understanding this before that happens and the the author joshua even makes it clear this isn't like it was a you know it hadn't rained and the and the waters were just kind of came down to a trickle this was the time of season where the waters were rushing and they were overflowing over their banks. It was that kind of a river, a gushing, huge river, and God stopped it by, you know, when the people showed courage and actually stepped forward, the Levites and the priests stepped forward into the water, that, that it just stopped. So the priest stood there in the middle of the dry river while all the people with the Ark of the Covenant, while all the people crossed the dry Jordan and uh, the river was stopped up a good ways above them. And of course the river that was there flowed, kept flowing on down. So it was dry ground. And then we move on to chapter four. And then God spoke to Joshua and then Joshua spoke to the 12 tribes. 
to get uh, 12 men to each carry a big stone from the middle of the river and to create an altar, a memorial for it, so that the people will remember what God has done amongst them. And this is sort of unique uh, as compared to the Red Sea, because once they're established in the Promised Land, um, this will be a spot that's a lot more near where the people are, uh, whereas the Red Sea is kind of far away. It's maybe at the tip of the land. Um, they don't always control that land at the different times of Israel, but uh, this is a kind of a, a place right in the heart of um, their lands and the, this memorial. So God says you can, you can when the, you know generations come down the line, they can see this stones and they can ask you, what does this mean? And you can explain to them and teach the history of what it means to be a people of God. And how God, you know, shut down the river so that we could cross into this land that we now have. So that we always remember, God is with us. God is for us. We are meant to be for God. And that is our, our contract with him. He is for us so long as we are for him. If we live according to his way, then we live a blessed life. So they did exactly that. The people crossed over. And then once the people were all over and they had... They had uh, formed the altar. He had the priest uh, come out of the river, and then the river started to flow again. And, you know, the people were worshiping God. They were acknowledging Joshua is mighty in the Lord, and the Lord is with him, and the Lord is with us. And people all see now, when we see these stones, we can have a fear of the Lord and know that the Lord is mighty. And that is it for today. I hope this has been helpful, and I pray the Lord bless you.